everybody. You're on episode one of Not Milano Interior Show. I'm Mark Bergen, and joining me is Catherine Shaw, Betsy Sweat, and William Knight. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Now, that's all. Hi, Mark. Hi, Will. And um, so Will's in London, Betsy, you're in Hong Kong, and Catherine, I think you're in Hong Kong too. I'm in Melbourne in Australia. All of us are not at Milano, and we know why. It's been cancelled. But we want to make sure that you're also finding out what could have happened at Milano. You're also finding out what could have happened on any one of 50 shows that didn't happen. I'm going to tell you who some of the panellists are, give you a bit of their backstory so that we can get into it. Um, Betsy, Betsy Sweat, the head of Asia Pacific for Restoration Hardware. So Betsy's going to be fantastic in talking about where it comes from being one of those super brands, which is actually working out how to go leverage their product, leverage their brand in a post-COVID period. Catherine Shaw is an architectural design writer and author with Wallpaper and Metropolis and Design Anthology. So Catherine's going to be fantastic at being able to go give us some inside scoops. I think actually if we went and mugged Catherine, we could put her on a waterboard and find out about every product that didn't get launched. <laughs> but she's not going to give us all of that. And we've got William Knight here. Uh, we're, we're, actually, let's just call you Will because that's so much more casual here, Will. Um, a design promoter. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Will's portfolio has uh, Expo Director for Dubai Design Week, Clark and Well, and 100% Design. What he doesn't know about putting on one of these major shows doesn't need to be known. I think that's where I'm going to do it. So... You know, let's jump into it here. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Mark Bergen. I'm the founder of Driven by Design Award Programs, and I'm also kind of the raconteur that's putting the Design Executives Club together. So, so that's who we are, and what we hope that we can do is that we can fill in your minds and give you a bit more of an understanding about what we didn't see at Milan, what we could have seen, and we've got some insights of what was going to be there. Catherine, you've got a project which... Uh, which didn't make it because the show wasn't there, but it's recently been um, released. Yes, it was released today. Perfect timing so we can talk about it. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> well, this is a new collection of homeware um, products designed by the Hong Kong um, architectural interior designer, Andre Fu. And um, actually, I've just finished writing a book about Andre and we were going to launch our book at the same time as him launching his um, second collection of homeware during Salone. He had plans for a beautiful palazzo and as an architect, he was going to design the scenography as well. So that's something that always interests me because I love it when you see not just the product, but you see the thinking about how it's presented. You can go in, you can touch it. It's all about the tactility and the spirit of, of what has been designed. Now, obviously that's been canceled. Um, uh, Salone has been canceled, but Andre's um, products were all ready. So he has very cleverly uh, pivoted on, you know, very short time, and he has launched it. Um, well, the story uh, went out live today on wallpaper.com. And wallpaper exclusive, this, wasn't it? Wallpaper exclusive, yeah. yes. A fantastic video, which is not a video of, this is my chair, this is the teapot, this is the beautiful cocktail trolley. It's much more about the spirit and the feel of it, and that's what you miss when you haven't been to Salone. That experience of walking into an exhibition and that kind of fantasy feeling, but 
you 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 see it beyond an Instagram image. So I think he's very cleverly captured that feeling. commissioned um, musical composer Rosie Chan to create um, an original piece of music for the video, which is stunning. And the video is also online um, at Wallpaper. So I think that's quite interesting. And at the same time, he's um, launched uh, his collection on first dibs and murder apparandi. But in because China is that much further ahead and, and Hong Kong in terms of um, physical getting back to shopping. So his products are actually on show in this part of the world. In Lane Crawford, you know, he has a complete setup. But for the rest of the world where digital is much more important at this point, it's available there. But it's about how you tell the story differently. So and that, I think I that's very interesting. Yeah, and so that that's really interesting that you've you've had this story which was you know lots of preparation. You've got to think of how longitudinal that planning from yeah. I've got a book, I've got to have an exhibition that's the displays, and then it all collapses. So to pivot and to turn around and say here's a video that we've done to go give you that context because I think Betsy in the pre-show discussion you were talking about the influences you get by being around those objects in space. It's very different, isn't it? And so it's important that we're getting that inspiration, not just a flat video of here's my favourite chair, here's my favourite vase. Right. Well, and I just for a moment, going back to Andre Fu as well, it would be interesting, Catherine, to see how the digital um, portrays him because he, he designs very much who he is and his presentations of his new designs are exactly him. And I don't know how well that shows, that comes through. He's a very humble, very talented architect and interior designer. His products are stunning. Um, and his work process to get to those final outcomes are um, are very fluid, but, but yet still very controlled about how he, and very thoughtful about how he puts them together. So um, having had the, um, the distinct pleasure of working with him on a line of outdoor products in the previous life I was in um, and working with him on a daily basis in those projects, it was really interesting to see how things unfold for him. And 
that shows very well with him personally. So I'm wondering this video, does it capture it in your eyes? Yeah, I think it does. Because actually, when I was talking to Andre last week, um, before I wrote the article, I was, you know, we were talking about obviously things have to be beautiful. You know, the things he makes are beautiful. He's not just interested in making something that's pretty or decorative. It, mm-hmm. For him, it really is important about how it makes you feel. And, and I think this is really interesting because we've never been in this situation before where you have the physical sort of context in, in this side of the world, but you also have online. And of course, uh, you know, um, mainland China is very, very familiar buying quality products online as well. But nothing really up till now seems to have replaced this feeling of where you walk into a place and you see the sumptuous, say, bed with a chaise long. I mean, there's something about a chaise long just makes you want to flop down on it and <laughs> touch it, you know, when you see it. And yeah, I think I- that's interesting, going to be interesting for us to review, say, in a year right. from now. Exactly. And so I'm going to be that annoying friend who's at Solano with you or any show. And I'm going to say, come on, we've got to get to the next exhibit. Because, you know, just like being at one of the shows, we do have to keep moving on. But I do want to come back and let's have a little bit look, a longer look in another episode in here. But, Will, you've got some projects in here that you want to drag us along to, which are they're these conceptual projects in there. Some of them are about recycling. Some of them are about highly responsive to COVID circumstances. Give us a lead. Take us somewhere. So um, some of the shows that I really enjoy going to alongside those blockbusters that Catherine uh, eloquently uh, reminds us of are um, group shows that come together either under the banner of a country or because they've been put together by uh, a design uh, curator. And uh, I just wanted to point to a couple. Uh, the first one is uh, a project, which is very kind of conceptual, called Accessories for the Paranoid. And it's kind of beautifully stylized um, concept uh, pieces. And the designers, uh, Katia Walda and Pierre-Marie Sute, who have come out of um, that well-known design school in uh, Eindhoven, mm-hmm. have created what they've called parasitic uh, devices which basically sit physically on your uh, on your laptop, your uh, mobile phone, and they basically switch uh, and kind of uh, muzzle the kind of digital information that's uh, shared by these machines. And, and in some ways, this is probably a product for the future, something that will uh, return to Milan uh, in different guises, perhaps more commercially, as we go into a new state of uh, kind of digital data sharing. And so I think that's the sort of thing that I always see in Milan that you kind of keep an eye on and, uh, and spot later down the line it feels like it's actually from the merch shop from black mirror doesn't it you know it's this uh, dystopian intervention but we know that we're going to have to get there at some point yeah and i think what's you know it, milan is a, is, is a furniture show you know it's a physical show it's a showcase of physical products and i think um it's often important particularly as we move into a kind of new period of uh kind of data sharing and analysis and all this kind of contact tracing this new language uh, to see a physical product that actually looks at this uh, as well as the kind of uh, software side of things. So I think it's, uh, it's a really interesting um, take on kind of d- digital dimensions. Well, what's our next little uh, con- concept project that you've looked at? So um, 
Other projects that I spotted uh, came from uh, a show which didn't happen called uh, Norway Presents. Uh, and the Norwegians have been brilliant at promoting their design uh, for many, many years, uh, often around the world, but particularly in Milan. So just a couple I wanted to kind of point out. Uh, the first one was a project called the Paper Pulp Printer. Uh, very low tech in many ways, but they've managed to finally uh, create a machine which can sit in a domestic space, uh, allow you to kind of pour your, uh, your waste paper, your newspaper, your, um, your, what you would normally find in a recycling bin into a process which then creates uh, a liquid which can then be 3D printed. Um, I like this project because we've seen 3D printers at Milan for many, many years, but not necessarily in such a kind of stripped back and easily accessible way that uses a material that's a kind of normal domestic waste. Uh, and there are some good examples of those projects. So that's designed by Beer Hultas, again, uh, out of the Netherlands. Uh, another one I just wanted to point out was, was an Italian um, company called Recycle Plastics. So this is more of a kind of service provider in many ways, but um, what they're basically uh, suggesting through their showcase that they were going to hold was uh, a way of using plastics, again, which are uh, discarded from, a, from the primary use and utilized into uh, products and things that can be produced either individually as one-offs or as kind of multiples. So um, they're, they're basically a kind of tooling company. And I like the fact that they're at Milan because of what they're saying is, look, this plastic is going to waste and we want to be able to utilize it properly. Um, and so basically they can create almost any 3D object up to two meters high, which I think kind of allows for a huge amount of uh, creativity uh, and it's for interior great, products. It's great to see that now... You know, the, we've had municipal or, or city-based recycling programs, but often they've had more material than they've known how to go apply. So this is great to go see that juxtaposition between the material being available, the creative community saying we know how to consume that and making some absolute objects of design. You know, I think that's a really important important project. To go yeah, I'm, I'm bringing, it, bringing it much closer to the consumer as well, which I think is a real game changer. And, Will, I think you've got a desk which is like the COVID responsive desk petition as well. <laughs> well, this is one that I spotted. So this is um, a project that's uh, produced and distributed by Fushina Lab, designed by Matteo uh, Sieblick Studio. And uh, together they've been producing these uh, partition uh, devices or products. Uh, I mean, really very beautiful using, uh, you know, anodized aluminium, transparent surfaces. Uh, so you can sort of see them in elegant dining uh, situations. You can see them in sort of uh, hospitality settings. But they've responded very quickly to the new nature of interior design, particularly in a kind of workspace context. And they produced uh, a design very quickly, uh, a product called Cov Desk Partition which really just caught my eye because it's such a kind of beautiful thing. They photographed it incredibly well. Uh, they use some very nice styling to be able to create uh, uh, a setting with which would, uh, I presume, create individual spaces that protect uh, from uh, fear of infection. And I just thought, you know, th this is a beautiful example of uh, a company responding to an existing aesthetic and being able to draw that forward and produce new products uh, that are uh, really up to date. So, Betsy, I want to throw over to you and uh, talk a little bit about restoration hardware. Now, restoration hardware, behemoth, what, what's it? You've got something like 90 um, showrooms in the States already. 
But I think what was going to happen at Milano this year was that you're going to run a bunch of very private, exclusive, experiential, you know, depth and immersion events with your customers. We were going to quietly become the hot ticket in town is yeah. what the perspective was. So, um, and actually it's a great lead and we talk about how things may change for next year as a result of COVID. But um, let me tell you a little bit about what you missed because we're a company that does not look back. So um, while the venue and, and for us, it's all about the experience and the idea is to have that um, combination of the right furnishings and the right lighting being exhibited, but also in a setting and in a way with, between the music and the environment in which you're having these things revealed to you is creating a feeling within you. And that is distinctly RH. So if you look at, as Mark said, any of our 90 showrooms in the States, they invoke a certain feeling the minute you walk in the door. And the idea was in this particular venue at Salone, we were going to not only reveal some of the furnishings that are now available, um, but the big thing was to talk about the international launch. And for our age, this next decade is about growing equally as large um, in the international arena. So how do you create those great feelings in different countries, appealing to different cultures, designing for what is obviously commercially viable in the market you're talking about, um, the right scale for different countries, obviously taking things that product designers know work really well, but making sure it fits for the homes and commercial spaces and whatever market you're launching. So we had announced seven to the financial community that we are launching Three will happen within the next 24 months. The first is um, an extraordinary property in England. So the English countryside will house not only a gallery, but also um, a vineyard, um, orange groves, as well as Michelin star restaurant. So the F&B offering will be something very different than what you've seen in RH before. On the heels of that will be Paris, then London, um, and then we're talking Spain, Milan, two in Germany, um, and then some real surprises will start to happen after that. So that's what you missed. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't, you don't. Some real surprises. Come on, there's four of us. You can tell no, us. There are, yeah, there are four of us in the rest of the world that this is going out to, and I will have my head handed to me if I talk any further about what those are. I but I, I suffice it to say it, it's really, um, it's about introducing to the European community and um, in that part of the world who we are, what we're about, um, and what we're going to do differently. Now, Catherine, I believe when, um, when you've been to the uh, Restoration Hardware Showroom in New York, that yes. um, people have to come and actually grab you to take you out because you just you never want to leave, do you? Uh, I have to say I was with my husband, who is an architect and works in the design industry for a hotel. And so we went for lunch and you know, had a few glasses of wine and then we were just totally beguiled because we were wandering through the store and um, looking at the various displays and it was so relaxed and so, so, so beautiful that you can experience it. It kind of reminded me of that 
feeling you get when you go to Salone or to Milan and and you have some of the bigger design brands that really put something together where they thought about everything from the lighting to the perfume to just the scale of it. But and there's an excitement and energy. Flaws. Well, there was a lot of excitement because we had had some very, very good champagne. <laughs> and actually, I think that's an important thing. You know, a part about, a part about living is actually just being swept up in these moments. And the idea that you're getting all of this input, which is trying to say to you, this is right. If you've actually had a little bit of giggle juice or a little bit of something that's going to help you to actually relax a little bit, you're going to be more receptive to what's going on. And, well, we, and went around, we went around trying all the comfortable looking chairs and there was one chair that I thought I was never going to get my husband out of because he sunk down into it and he just went, you know, we we could actually throw some of our favorite furniture away to have this chair because, and this is what it all comes down to. This is the difference between an exquisite press release that is put out and on Instagram is that when you've sat in a chair and there's something different, you have an emotional connection, it's tactile, but your body records that somehow in your memory. So, you know, we still we still keep going, you know, if only we had a bigger balcony, we'd buy that chair, remember that chair. We don't even need to say it was the chair in New York because we both know which chair we're talking about okay. because it's imprinted in a different way. Well, we're going to come back to some chairs in a, in, in a moment after we're going to be talking about cartel. But what I do want to do is I want to talk about the bits that happen between the, the, the larger displays at Salone and at all the shows. And, Catherine, we had dinner in, in Melbourne in, I think it was February, just before the lockdown happened, and uh, you were at dinner with a tech startup guy, uh, the founder of uh, an electric scooter called Rain, and you thought you were out to dinner with a geek or something. He showed you a picture of this thing, and I saw you go have a little bit like that chair at Restoration Hardware. You had a moment where you went, oh, that's very delightful. That's no, wonderful. I wanted it. Meet the Rain One. We set out to design the best scooter in the world to give you the freedom to go anywhere and have fun while you're doing it. We've given the Rain One more speed and power than anything else in its class. Other scooters talk about performance, safety and range, but just don't cut it. It's time for a scooter to take you all the way. Lightweight, powerful, smart. We've built the Rain One from the ground up. Featuring Polyshock suspension, ABS and disc brakes, this is the safest, smartest scooter on the market. With regen braking, it even recharges the battery when you slow down. We also designed the Rain One with security in mind. Not only does it have a retractable lock, we're also connecting it to your smartphone. So if someone moves it, you'll know about it. Made from carbon fiber and aircraft grade aluminium, the Rain One is lightweight, making it easy to carry in store. But not only is the Rain One efficient, it's built for performance. You don't always finish work when the sun's up. That's why we designed a scooter with the brightest headlights and taillights on the market. So when it's dark out, you can always see and be seen. Every feature of this scooter is designed with the rider in mind. 
Our team has years of experience in shipping products people love. And they've come together with the shared vision of creating fun, sustainable, personalised transport. It's better than anything else on the market. We've had a lot of fun designing the Rain One electric scooter and production has already started. And now we need your help. So jump on board because we can't wait to share the journey with you. Rain, designed to move you. No, I wanted it. You wanted it? Okay, I just, I just wanted to commit you to that. Okay. And, and then, and what was interesting there was this was going to be an opportunity for this object of desire to be your transport, so it's got the functional side, but also anybody be proud to go have the rain scooter in their hallway as an object that just is fitting to the rest of the beautiful, stylish place that they've made. And I think that's really important that those small ways that projects and, and products interject. I think we were talking about uh, Lee, uh, Lee Broom, how he went, he, I think it was a bit cheeky last year with a truck and, uh, and a party was, for wallpaper. It was, a few, it was a few years ago, a few years ago. I think it was 2016, maybe 17 that he did it. But you see, this is another example of something that, sticks in your mind you know lee is a, a fantastic british lighting designer and um you know he's he's been to milan many times and you know he's, he goes and he sees how these other big brands are putting together amazing shows and palazzo so he you know he's such a creative thinker he thought well you know why don't i make my own palazzo so he drove his truck from London to Milan, and he had created or recreated a kind of grace, beautiful, beautiful palazzo environment in the back of a fairly small truck. Mm. But it had everything. It had the Corinthian, you know, marble-type-looking columns, and then he hung his lights, and he played with the light. But the interesting thing was he drove it around to all the really hot spots in Milan. So, okay, so in the morning, people are having coffee. Just go and park it right outside the best coffee shop. But the best was he went and parked it outside of um, the wallpaper party, which is like the hot party, you know, in, in Salani, in, in Milan. And, you know, people queuing up to like, what are they going to look at? They're looking at Lee Broom's exquisite lights in a palazzo in the back of a truck. So clever. Brilliant. Will, yeah. that must have been hell for you with Clerkenwell because people are trying to go do those, you know, uh, you know, like Lee's in town, he's got his truck and he, well, is he part of the show, isn't he? It's chaos, but it's also where some of the delight is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you try and create an event that has purely commercial returns, then your, your visitor base is going to know that it's an anodyne and... Um, you know, slightly sterile environment. And I think, you know, the stuff that Lee does, the stuff that um, many of the brands have done in Milan, London, other shows, you know, those are the experiential things that, as Catherine said, stick in your mind. Um, often they're sort of driven by a kind of marketing um, rationale that enables uh, flexibility around product displays and kind of engaging with people. But that's what people want. They want to be able to come across stuff. They want to be able to spot uh, new and different ways of doing things. And they want to kind of combine that with the blockbusters. Uh, you know, so it's a bit of everything. That's what really makes it magic. 
And I, and I think if I go look at, you know, the other people who've worked out how to get that bit of magic to happen on a permanent basis is Tom Dixon and, and Co. Like, you know, they've really been able to work out how to go and they've got their restaurant that's uh, that's uh, down in Milan. They've also got their coal drops yard um, site. They've worked out a little bit like uh, Restoration Hardware where they've got a 365 days a year opportunity for that excitement and energy. But they also need to make sure that they're getting exposure in those peak events as well, don't they? And I suppose, Catherine, that's where where something like wallpaper comes in, where you're able to go give them that peak exposure opportunity, but then they're able to go and handle it on a longer basis. Well, I think this is the important thing about something like Salon Ed at the Design Week is that, you know, people like me in who, who write about these things, we go to, you know hundreds of events in that week. So how do you distill what is really special, what is really different? And those things have to capture you. And they're not always the big blockbuster. Some of them are, you know, Hermes does something, it's always going to be exquisite. You know, Louis Vuitton, super polished and creative and edgy in some elements. But it's these, it's these clever in interstitial kind of projects that capture you as well, but you have to go in and touch them. Now, Tom Dixon's a very interesting example of that because, you know, he would put on breakfast and he's very clever. He has excellent coffee, excellent <laughs> coffee. So, you know, if you're, if you're in that area, you know, you, it's called the Manzoni. You want to go there for a cup of coffee and then you're tired because you're walking all day. So you want another cup of coffee, many cups of coffee. And then you're sitting in his chair under one of his lights. You're drinking your coffee from his cup. And I think that's so clever because sometimes I go to these exhibitions and, you know, there'll be an absolutely beautiful ceramic set. I'm not allowed to touch it. I just have to look at it and I can go, that is stunning. But actually, I want to see what the weight of it's like in my hand. What does it feel like to drink from? You know, and I think a lot of designers miss that trick because they almost see it like a gallery. So designers like Tom, who understand that once you've drunk an espresso from one of his, you know, sort of glasses, that you think, yeah, that's actually quite nice, drinking my espresso from a glass. You want that. And then you can yeah, go I mean, so and you can buy brand, it from the shop. Yeah, I mean, that brand, uh, you know, it's a brand. I mean, he's a human being, but he's a brand. Is a, uh, a, it's, a, it's a walking design festival. You know, you think of some of the things that Tom has done over the years. He's taken on the Natural History Museum. He's worked in cinemas. He's partnered up with IKEA. Um, and as a consequence of that really creative thinking, it's one element of the Milan experience that you never miss because you just want to go and see what Tom's done. Uh, and you could almost remember, I could almost chart the last 15 uh, Milans through what Tom Dixon has done. I probably wouldn't get them yeah. in the right order, but, um, you know, and that's exceptional marketing. That's really always, excellent uh, experiential stuff. A touch of the maverick. I remember once when uh, a few years ago he had this big party and it was in this completely obscure location. Had to walk miles. You see, I needed my scooter then. And then, <laughs> um, and then instead of having plates and plates of nibbly, silly, um, you know, canapes, he had huge slabs, like enormous, like I don't know, five meters by three meters solid slab of chocolate and then he had hammers 
like big wooden hammers. So you could literally just hammer the table and take off a great big slab of chocolate and stand there with your cocktail and a slab of chocolate. And it was all about kitchens and surfaces and materiality. And But you know what? It was that excitement, that showmanship that actually made it so interesting and why there was a queue in the rain outside. Okay, I, I'm, I'm still being that annoying friend. I've got to keep us moving on. We, 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 I know everyone's time is valuable, particularly our viewers here. I want to talk about Cartel and their AI um, chair range. Now, we saw it at IWM in uh, Germany. This is an astounding collaboration between Autodesk, uh, Cartel, and also Philip Stark. I originally saw the genesis of this project at Autodesk in uh, in about 2015. They made a skateboard, well, the pictures on the screen there, the skateboard, which is uh, now in Mona. The idea was, can you get the computer to go work out all of the structural requirements that are, that are in an object that has incredible forces on it? And we know chairs have lots of forces. So they Autodesk have brought that knowledge, which started off in that skateboard project under Scott Summit, and then they've now taken it into a production item, which they probably would have had a thousand suggestions of the design. The team at Cartel worked out which one was going to be beautiful. But more important than that, they're using 100% recycled uh, material in this. So you've actually got, it's got the sustainability, it's got the smarts of how it's designed from a structural engineering perspective, and the thing just looks fantastic. So, you know, I think for Cartel, Cartel, that's just an amazing project. What an unfortunate thing, more people didn't get to go see it in this cycle. Let's hope that they get to get, get to sit in one of them soon because I think to your point, Catherine, whether it's actually the Andre Fu or whether it's actually what we were looking at with restoration hardware, the, the proof of the pudding is when you sit in a chair, you know whether you want to stay in it or not. And that, I think, is why we need shows, we need showrooms, we need expos because otherwise we don't get that experience. I think when you're also talking about interior designers and architects who go to these for inspiration, and it is about the experience, it's about going to different parties, it's about interacting with people at the end of the day and knowing I have spent my day in Brea and this is what I saw, or I spent my day looking through certain halls and this is what I took away as the hot items that are going to stick in my memory until the next year. But your projects are different designers and architects have told me you walk away from Salone and Clerkenwood and other design shows where the inspiration is energizing. It takes you in a different direction that you didn't expect. And your designs are reflective of that. And I think that's what will never change as digitally reinforcing as some of the new launches have been. I think what we're missing is not only that human interaction with each other on the spot, but it's being tactile, being very visual, being in a space so that you can see how the scale affects you. I think those things will never change. Places like Salone will always be on our bucket list to go to every year. It doesn't matter how long we're in this industry. 
I'm sure that's, I'm absolutely sure that's the case uh, there, Betsy. And, you know, there's way too much for us to go get into this into this program. We're going to come back in about two weeks. We'll, we'll have another one here. I know I've got some notes here about projects from Neri and Hugh. There's more from Tom Dixon, what he showed me in December last year. He, he must be wanting to get that out. There's the guys from Tira. There's the Reaver. Like, there is so much to be shown. I look forward to sharing it with you and with, uh, with the viewers in a couple of weeks' time. Um, thank you for helping me out with Not Milano interior show. So much fun. Thank you. We'll see you all in about two weeks' time. See you in two weeks. Okay.